You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello again, Hokies. I'm Tech Sideline founder Will Stewart. Welcome into episode 245 of the Tech Sideline podcast. At long last, we have caught our white whale. That's a metaphor from Moby Dick, in case you're wondering. You always learn something here on the Tech Sideline podcast. We welcome to the podcast Virginia Tech head men's basketball coach, Mike Young. We've got coach for an hour, and he's pretty good at this stuff, so this should be a lot of fun. And it's all coming up next on the Tech Sideline podcast. Okay, welcome back in. Before we get into the show, if you are watching on YouTube, make sure to like this video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've been saying for the last three episodes that we're almost at 6,000 YouTube subscribers, so you can be the one that puts us over the top. And remember, when you get to 6,000 subscribers, YouTube sends you $5,000. I'm just kidding. Um, so today, well, we've got yours truly on set, plus lead analyst and columnist Chris Coleman and First-time producer David Cunningham uh, is manning the cameras and the sound. This TSL podcast is sponsored by Commonwealth NIL, leaders in navigating name, image, and likeness. CNIL has already has signed Justin Mutz, Hunter Couture, Darius Maddox, Sean Padula, Patrick Wessler, and MJ Collins to contracts. Visit CommonwealthNIL.com to learn more about their membership programs and merchandise sales, ways that you can support Virginia Tech's NIL efforts. So let's get to the introduction that matters. Coach Mike Young, welcome in, Coach. Good to have you. Well, it's good to be with you. Thanks for having me having me here, finally. Yeah, it's good to have you on after about uh, three years of you being in town. So, Coach, you're familiar with uh, Commonwealth NIL, so let's lead with that. Uh, talk about how important it is to the program to have so many of your players on board with uh, CNIL and, and what it's meant for them and for the program. Well, it's here and it's not going anywhere, and it's uh, it's a it's a big deal, and uh, you know our kids are excited about. It. I'm excited for uh, for them. Um, you know, they've been great ambassadors for our basketball program for Virginia Tech. They'll be great ambassadors for Commonwealth NIL, and uh, they'll do uh, they'll do a great job with it. All right, so let's uh, set the stage for what's going to happen for the next hour or so. Uh, I'm more of a big picture guy, so I'm going to ask some wide-ranging questions, mostly stuff I wanted to ask you, you know, now that I've finally got a chance to talk to you. And uh, certainly Chris will participate in those discussions, but he's also going to ask you lineup-type questions, and, and we'll get into some detail about some of your current players, uh, how things fit together and what fans can expect the, the next season. So uh, most of the half hour will be me and you talking, and most of the second half hour will be, be uh, um, you and Chris talking. So, so let's start with the ACC tournament win. Congratulations. Mm. Make sure good place you, to start. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's been a few months. So uh, 
how have people's perceptions from your viewpoint of Virginia Tech basketball and even uh, Mike Young changed since you guys did that? I'm not real sure. Uh, I, maybe I'm oblivious to that kind of thing, Will. I don't know. Um, you know, uh, um, we just came off the road. We've been out for much of uh, the month of uh, July. We had two five-day periods during the month. And, um, you know, so many good friends and so many compliments. And uh, and I had multiple conversations about the the winding road that, uh, that we had to get yeah. ultimately to Brooklyn, um, knowing that we had – we didn't know how many we had to win. Uh, I thought at least two, maybe three, and in hindsight, maybe uh, maybe it was four uh, to uh, to advance to the greatest tournament of them all. Um, but you know, it certainly has enhanced uh, you know our brand as a uh, as a program. Um, certainly has enhanced the brand of some of those uh, players that uh, that that have earned it. Uh, so uh, you know, all positives. Yeah. Um, so when you were a kid, so I grew up in Charlottesville, of course, UVA is there. So, you know, the, and, and Chris, where Chris is from around Danville, Chatham around Danville, you know, they'd wheel the televisions in and yeah. show the ACC tournament in school. Did they do that kind of stuff in Radford? Absolutely. Yeah. I can remember the, the big cart with the television on top. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I can remember it vividly. Second grade with Betty Darden um, throughout. Uh, that was that a was, uh, that was an event that was like Christmas. Uh, we'd sit there and watch the ACC tournament all day. Uh, certainly, the first day I guess it was a nine-team tournament back uh, back then, if I uh, if I recall. Um, and it was, um, you know, such a incredible experience. My first one in Greensboro. How about my first two ACC tournaments? I have to play North Carolina in the state of <laughs> North Carolina. Yeah, uh, it's like being on the road. Um, you know, so, uh, I mean, a real, uh, you know, wonderful experience, uh, having grown up in this region, uh, surrounded by, you know, ACC country, uh, and to, uh, to participate in that thing is, uh, is, is, has been really cool. No, you know, I actually grew up secretly hating the ACC. Did you really? <laughs> I did. Uh, so Virginia Tech fan first and foremost. And I remember in 1996, Tech was in the NCAA tournament. And just the week before, the teacher had rolled out the TV and we all quit doing schoolwork and we watched the ACC tournament. Well, what I wanted to watch Virginia Tech in the NCAA tournament next week, and I asked to do it. They said, no, Virginia Tech's not in the ACC, so they don't. Yeah. The ACC tournament was more important than Virginia Tech's NCAA tournament. Yep. Yep. Um, so I've always, and I wrote about this after Tech won, won the ACC tournament this year, I said I've always had a sore spot, a chip on my shoulder because of that. And uh, so it really meant a lot when you all won that tournament for me this year because I just think about all those people that I grew up with that would look down on Virginia Tech yeah. because Virginia Tech wasn't in the ACC. Well, you know, what do you have to Not say Not anymore. Now? Let's right. hope, Chris. Not That's anymore. Right. So when we had uh, Storm Murphy on the podcast, I made sure to ask him the question I asked him. I said, are you aware of the enormity of what you've done? You know, you're, you're 23 years old, and there's guys like me who are 56, 57, 58, 59 years old, and, and they've been wanting to do this for many years. Do you feel like your players had an appreciation of the historical part of it, or did they just like winning that tournament and beating Duke and, and UNC? I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that the historical – part of it resonates with them 
I know we all talk, uh, you know, uh, our players. I've had grown men approach me in tears about <laughs> that experience and sincere. Yeah. I'm there. I'm, they are, they are touched by, uh, what, uh, what, what transpired. Um, you know, young people, I think to do it as a group and, to you know, to, to, to climb that mountain and to do that on that stage in the Barclays center, uh, you know, to knock off the likes of North Carolina in the semis and Duke in the in the final, you know, was uh, they they understand how significant it uh, it is that was. Um, this old boy understands historical value. I can tell you that. Um, you know that uh, that is something that will never be taken away from us. Uh, we were the ACC champions. Was there a moment where you knew you were going to win it? I don't. I don't. I don't live that way, Will. I never have. Coach, I'm yeah. always scared to death. Uh, <laughs> I right to the final horn uh, until I look down to my uh, right and uh, Coach Shevsky put his uh, you know backline guys in with about a minute forty or so, and I remember turning to my staff and um, I won't tell you exactly what I said, uh, <laughs> but you know it's over. You know we. He he's they they've thrown in the towel and we're we we're out of here. Um, that was a pretty cool feeling. I can tell you that. What was it like coming back into Blacksburg on the bus, pulling up in front of uh, the basketball facility and seeing all those people? Out I there? remember how daggone cold it was. I uh, remember Chris. that Holy too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just the sea of Hokie fans, students, uh, you know, members of this community, uh, young and old. Um, uh, that that you know mob scene that uh, that welcomed us back into uh, the Hanhurst parking lot was um, was was awfully kind, and uh, I know uh, you know another unbelievable experience for uh, for our players, and we were pre- they were appreciative, we all were appreciative, and I can still see pictures. I didn't see it when it was happening. They got off the bus first, and um, you know they're carrying that 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 trophy through that uh, throng of, uh, of folks. That was, that was, that was really neat. There's a, there's one specific question I wanted to ask you since the ACC tournament and it relates to the Clemson game. Yeah. When we had storm on, we asked him uh, about Darius Maddox's game winning shot. Yeah. And we, and I, I watched the clip this morning to refresh my memory and we specifically asked him, what was the play call? There, well, there was none. And storm said, he said, well, he said, uh, we 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 thought I thought Keve was going to be in there and that Keve was going to set a ball screen about half court. He said we're just going to throw it in, get up the floor, and you know maybe rub somebody off on the screen and get open. And he said in there right before the play they they pulled Keve out and they left me in. Yeah. He said so I guess I'm playing Keve's spot. He said and then we threw the ball in and I saw it was Darius and I just kind of got out of the way. And the specific question I wanted to ask you was. I've seen the clip from behind you as, as the ball was coming down the court, you were pointing over in the corner to Hunter Couture. And then Darius comes down, makes the shot, and you don't even celebrate. You just turn around and, and walk down to shake hands. Uh, so there was no play. Uh, so many things, so many responses. There was, um, I, you know, we had something on. Uh, pointing at Hunter, I wanted to, Hunter to, to run into a ball screen or ghost it like you're going to set a ball screen and you kind of lip out of it, uh, which can – you know, 
confuse a switch, can get that defender in his uh, in his heels. Um, you know, football athletics in general, um, in those moments, isn't nearly as scripted as some people might think. It is absolute chaos. You want calmness. You want. It's hard to. It's hard to do that. You're in the ACC tournament. You're up 15 in the second half. You're throwing the ball all over the gym. Hunter Couture misses three foul shots, which is unheard of. Um, the wheels are coming off as we uh, as we know it. And um, taking Aluma out of the game, we're down two. Taking Aluma out of the game, um, I, I honestly, Will, Chris, I still don't know why I did it. That was a recommendation <laughs> from uh, from. Uh, one of our uh, assistant coaches. Um, but the thought of maybe throwing them off guard with five guards and P.J. Hall's on the floor, maybe we can surprise them with uh, with something. And then, fellas, you know what? Uh, Darius Maddox comes down the floor and um, gets uh, Amir Dawes, who's a good one-on-one defender. He's on an island. Uh, they're all huddled up with their man. They don't want their man to score. Mm-hmm. Um so it's man on man. Here it is. And that kid goes behind his back and into the air he goes and he gets, you know, a huge shot down and, uh, and, we, uh, and we advance. I'd like to tell you that it was all scripted and I knew exactly what I was doing. Doesn't always work like that in, uh, in, in college basketball. Uh, and and the, the, uh, the, the uh, expression or the body language after the game, I, I was sick. Uh, I was just... I felt bad for Brad, because I've been on the other end of that. Had been on the other end of that a couple of months prior against mm-hmm. Miami at home in a game we had to win. We were on the rocks. We had to win that game, and uh, Charlie Moore hits a half court heave, and we uh, and we lose. And um, you know the finality of that shot for those guys, and and we were so bad. Um, thankful that we got to come back the next day and play. All right, don't get me wrong, but just um, you know, uh, you want to play well, and I didn't. I thought we played really, really well in the first half, in the first five, six, seven minutes of the second half, and then um, I thought we were terrible, and we we got lucky. Uh, you know, certainly weren't going to give it back, uh, but to be able to come back and play yeah, Notre Dame the next day was was wonderful. And. and- to my memory, what happened after that was I thought Notre Dame played a great game the next day. But yeah. you, you guys played a better We were game. really good. Yeah. And then there was the semifinal against UNC. And what stands out in my memory was UNC and Duke both shot really poorly from behind the three-point line. And Virginia Tech did not. And Virginia Tech yeah. shot well. And these weren't just victories, but they were – I don't remember the exact scores. They were, these were 10 and 15-point yeah. victories. North Carolina was 15. It was 18 or so, 20 yeah. or so. Down the uh, down the stretch, I talked to North Carolina staff last week in Augusta for the uh, Peach Jam tournament, and uh, they make they make a, a great um, a great point. Uh, all that stuff was reversed in Castle Coliseum, mm-hmm. all of it. Yeah, Caleb Love hit big shots. Um, we had great shot after great shot, and we couldn't get anything down. They were coming off a terrible loss. They were coming off a bad loss to Pittsburgh at home. Um, I guess senior day, right, for them. 
I don't think it was so well. It could have been senior day. Will no, it was too no, early. No, it was too, too early. early. It was too day. early in the year. Yeah. Um, okay, you're talking about early. But okay. um, uh, we had them in the crosshairs. We're playing really good ball. We know that place is going to be bulging at the seams with hokey fans. Uh, it was going to be an unbelievable atmosphere. Uh, we were ready to go. Think we got them on their heels a little bit. To their credit, they played really well, and uh, they shot the ball really well. We shot the ball as poorly as we shot the ball. I don't know if we were too amped up. I don't know. That can happen sometimes. It's happened to my teams before. We didn't play well, and they beat us. Now, to your point, ACC tournament, we shot the lights out of it. R.J. Davis missed a couple of shots he never misses. Yeah. I thought – we thought going into the game that Brady Manick, not their best player, maybe their fourth or fifth best player – but maybe the key to the team. Mm -hmm. He does not miss an open three-point shot. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we we negated that. Um, we did a great job on him. We wanted to keep a body on him at all times and uh, uh, were able to do that. He did not make a three, and uh, and we found our way out of there with a, you know, a monumental win. And uh, what I recall about the, uh, about the championship game was that uh, – Duke and Tech both came out playing really yeah. well in the first ten yeah. minutes, and 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 I thought after that first ten minutes, I, I thought Duke realized, wow, they they didn't fold, and we're in for a battle here. And we talked earlier about you know what moment did you know you'd won, and and watching the game, for me it was when Justin Mutz dunked on Paolo Bancaro, yeah. yep. and and it was right around that time period that you could just see the look on the Duke's players' faces that they just they weren't going to solve it, that they were going to lose. Um, so you, you talked about Brad Brownell after, after beating Clemson and, and I, and I thought about asking this question. I thought, no, don't answer it. But, th but then you kind of brought it up. That was coach K's last. Yeah. And <laughs> is there a part of you as a coach that, that thinks about that in a moment like that? No, nope. <laughs> you just won <laughs> and you wanted to go celebrate. No. Um, I have so many things going through your, uh, going through your head. Um, again, to beat Notre Dame, uh, on uh, on on Thursday, North Carolina Friday, and then cap it off with that uh, with that performance on uh, Saturday against uh, Duke. Um, you know that's uh, that that's special enough uh, for me. I I didn't think about. I did later, um, but you know, so happy for our players and uh, that first uh, to the first media timeout under sixteen. That was fourteen to twelve. Uh, we couldn't stop them. They couldn't stop us. We guarded the fire out of them. Uh, Mutz was phenomenal on Benchero, and Benchero just made, you know, a couple of really big shots. Um, I told her team in, in, a, in that first time out, I said, fellas, if you think we're going to outscore them, you're, you're sadly mistaken. That's not going to happen. Um, they weren't shooting the ball great. They were only averaging five and a half made threes a game. We really wanted to shriek the floor. Mm. Um we knew that Roach could get going. Wendell Moore's uh, certainly capable. Banchero was very hesitant. He wanted to drive it, so we we're going to give him a little space. Uh, but I thought um, our staff did a great job of putting our team in the right positions. I thought our team just really uh, played with a, a high level of basketball intelligence. Um, you've got to rebound the ball. We did that enough. Uh, to keep Keels off the glass, and certainly Mark Williams. Um, 
you know, there were a lot of things. There was a lot that went into that uh, that game, but uh, a real credit to our uh, to our team. They were they were they were special that night. Winning four games in four days with with an eight man rotation, basically. Yeah. Were you ever worried about fatigue? And 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 let's also talk about like how big is David Jackson and his role as strength oh. conditioning coach for for winning four four games in four days. Chris, like that. I never thought about it. I never, it was never like, oh gosh, we've got to, I, I never had that feeling. Mm-hmm. I didn't. David Jackson's the best. He is a, the top of the food chain in that space. Um, and, you know, it was significant, uh, an occurrence uh, just in terms of our staff to get him back. Um, and we all know how much he loves Blacksburg and, He's a hokey uh, through and through, uh, but um, what he pours into those guys day in, day out, uh, not just with the physical training and the conditioning, but um, shaping uh, attitudes with, uh, you know, things that uh, the mental toughness part of it that, that, that's going on in there day, uh, day in, day out. Uh, what he does with our team on the road, you know, we're lifting – throughout the season. We're not going real heavy in the season, but um, um, his, uh, his uh, you know, him coming back here was, was a, a very significant part of uh, that weekend uh, and, and the continued success that, that, uh, that we hope to enjoy. So, Coach, let's go way back. Uh, you know that I know some guys that you yeah. went to high school with and played high school ball with, and um, – Probably probably a couple of years into your tenure here, I was talking to Richie Davis. Yeah, and and Richie said, I don't think he used the word. So to to be clear about things, you graduated right for high in eighty five, eighty one, eighty one. I'm doing college years, eighty one, and and Richie and I graduated high school in eighty three. Yeah, uh, I was in Charlottesville. Richie was here, so he knew you. Um, and he didn't use the phrase "grown up in the room," but he knew. He said that he knew even back in high school that your brain was wired like a coach's brain. Would you say that's accurate? And, and when did you know that yeah, you wanted I mean, to coach? I mean, everybody in our family coached. Dad was a uh, coach at Dublin High School, old Dublin High School, before it consolidated with Pulaski. Uh, my uncle, Norman Linnerberg, uh, you know, won a gazillion games over there. That's just kind of the family business. That's kind of what – I never wanted to be a fireman. I never wanted to be a policeman. I never wanted to – I wanted to coach, have the opportunity to coach. And – blessed to uh, be a part of or be with uh, some very trustworthy uh, people, great coaches, good, good, good role models. And I called some breaks, Will. And I guess I've made some breaks too now. I didn't, I wasn't born on third base. I can tell you that. I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I eked out a infield single and I got over to second on a pass ball. Um, but uh, you know, you start in 1986, my first job at Emory and Henry, I made a, I made a lot of money. I made $5,000. <laughs> they also gave me room and board. Uh, so, you know, from there, you know, day by day, uh, it, it I wouldn't trade my path for anything. I've had, I've had the best time and, uh, been great, great fun. I think there's a lot of fun left to be had. So you were, you were at Wofford for 30 years, 13 as an assistant. 17 as yep. head coach. Yep. So and they transitioned they... from division two to division yeah, one. While I wouldn't, you were there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish that upon my worst. <laughs> that's, 
that's a lot of people get get uh, tied up in that process and get fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they hung in there with us uh, through some you know lean years uh, to get to get uh, to something really special. Thankful they did. So I looked at your your overall record uh, at at Wofford was two ninety nine and two forty four yeah five fifty one winning percentage. What's interesting to me is in the first seven years you were ninety and one seventeen yeah four thirty five winning percentage. Your last ten years two oh nine and one twenty seven six twenty two winning percentage. What changed? Was it you? Was better it better players? <laughs> That's what changed. Well, particularly there at the end when you went thirty five. Oh gosh, yeah. a bunch of those guys are here now. <laughs> had dinner with them last night. They played in the TBT, uh, whatever you call that thing, uh, uh, the tournament. Uh, the winner gets a million dollars or something. Um, you know, well, I could I could talk on and on. I wasn't very good. Uh, we weren't very good, consequently. Um, it's a really hard league. Davidson College of Charleston. Uh, I mean – Good coaches, good players. Bob McKillop, who recently retired from Davidson, one of the best coaches I've ever competed against. Uh, but hung in there, you know, and uh, stayed the course. And I don't know that I figured some things out. We got a little bit better player. And then you wake up one day in 2009-10, and um, you, know, you got a great – I had a great team. I had a great team. And I ventured into the great state of Minnesota for three really, really good players, Noah Dahlman, Jamar Diggs, and Cameron Rundles. Um, And then, you know, had it solidified. We had uh, a tough year in 12-13, won it again in 13-14 and 14-15. You know, we we got our feet on the ground uh, in 2008-2009. And... uh, it was it was in place then. The culture was in place. The program was in place. Finally, thankfully, and um, you know, uh, adjusted to uh, to some things. More skill. More uh, guys that can pass, dribble, shoot. Um, and our 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 teams defensively got a lot better during that time too. Yeah. So I got a I got a two part question I want to ask you, and then we'll. Uh... We'll turn you over to Chris, and he wants to ask about some let, of the guys let, currently let, Chris, on the team. Let me have Chris. <laughs> <laughs> um, as your record got better and better and better, did you start thinking, I want to try my hand at a, at a bigger place and a bigger environment? Um, was that in your mind when the tech job came along, or did that come out of nowhere? Um, yeah, I, I hoped that I would have the opportunity. It wasn't something that you know I would lie awake and – bed at night hoping for dreaming for I I I don't want to say that I'd resign myself I didn't resign myself I had something good going I had a great spot yeah uh and if I uh coach McKillop just wrapped up a career at Davidson after 33 years Rick Bird dear friend at Belmont uh, uh same school for many 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 years and if that was what you know I was I, I had great security down there I wasn't going anywhere and um, I've told people all the time, all I've ever wanted to do is coach. That's it. I don't, didn't really care where, and I had the, that opportunity. And, um, but when this transpired, um, I, um, I, I couldn't, uh, honestly, 
honestly, couldn't have imagined a, a better opportunity for me and my background in Radford. I uh, saw my first game in Castle Coliseum with my dad in 1970 and 71, about the time of Bristow, Ed Frazier, those guys, uh, to have the opportunity to come back here. Pretty special, man. And uh, it has been – it's been – uh, awesome and uh, just tickled to death with uh, with with what we've managed to, you know, create in a uh, in, in three short years. Relatively short period of time. Uh, so the second part of that question is, um, I mean, did you that's a big jump up from Wofford to an ACC school like Virginia yeah. Tech. Did you have to um, I'm, I'm struggling to figure out how to ask this. Did you know change the thing? Let me answer. It for once you. I have more research. Thing. Yeah. Well, I haven't changed anything. The keys to success are the same. the same. Yeah, I'm coaching the same. All right, take care of the kids. Um, you know, uh, good folks that are about the right stuff, that are passionate basketball players, uh, that want to be great players. Um, you know, I had a number of people. Freddie Johnson, great friend of mine at Greensboro Day School, um, who's had a bunch of really, really good players. I was in his office. Uh, first month or so, he says, how are you going to change what you do offensively? I said, I'm going to try to do it exactly the same way we did it down there. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, you know, we'll we'll adjust. We're doing exactly the same thing. We're still running exactly the same things. And we, we, you know, we add a little bit and we take away a little bit. Um, and I've had a lot of fun with that. Uh, not that I've proved anybody wrong that – you know, uh, what we did there can be uh, replicated here just in terms of style. But that's what we're doing, man, and yeah. working out pretty well. I want to go back to November of 2002. Yeah. Uh, you talk about it's great coaching in Castle Coliseum from the home bench. Yeah. Well, you coach from the visitor's bench. I did. You got your first win against a Division One opponent in Castle against that, Virginia right? Tech. It was. That we right? looked it up earlier today. Virginia Tech was terrible, Chris. Yes, they were. <laughs> they, were, they, were they were gosh awful. Yep. And I can remember a young man, um, you, you recognize, notice some things, uh, and I'm sitting out on the bench uh, before the game, and there's a big, burly, he uh, was a good player for, for, for the Hokies. And he came on the floor, you know, kids are just going to warm up and shoot. And this guy's wearing a toboggan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it struck me as odd. And I can remember walking back through the tunnel, and I grabbed an assistant and um, said, if we play a good ball game in here, we're going to win. Uh, they were coming off a trip to the Bahamas. They lost to Michigan down there. Um, and um, went up. I think we were up 20 in the first half. You were. Oof. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget the play of the game. They came all the way back. Bryant Matthews was on that team. Brian Chase, Chase was on Brian that Chase. team. Brian Chase and Bryant Matthews were both, both really good players. Carlos Dixon was on that Carlos team. Carlos Dixon. They had some good players. From Reville, they... North Carolina. Bryant uh, Matthews was from uh, Columbia High School in Columbia, South yep. Carolina. Um, but uh, play of the game, they came all the way back. Uh, we had a kid make a big play down the stretch. And uh, it was a turnover, a long rebound. As time is clicking down, and uh, I can still see uh, Chase charge into one of my guys. And uh, Mike Stevens, a very good friend, longtime uh, big league official, great official. You expect that to be a block on the road uh, in a game like that. Yeah. 
it was a charge, and Mike called it a charge, and that was it. Game over. And we got out of there with a uh, with a win. That was, I think there were maybe fifteen hundred people there. I was one of them. That there was nobody. There was, <laughs> I nobody. Was there. there was nobody there. There was nobody. Um, but still, I can you know, growing up, going to games in that building, um, I was still just taken aback at how loud the place got, and there was no one there. Mm-hmm. Castle Guard had not been cultivated formed yet right um but um yeah that was that was fun that's a lot, that was a lot <laughs> we're a little bit better these days yes this. yes uh, speaking of which let's talk a little bit about your personnel right now yeah. I, yeah. I know you lost some good players yeah, but we did. obviously you bring back some good ones too and you added some good ones uh so when you look at a potential lineup like Padula, Couture, Maddox, Mutz, Basili. Uh, I think probably most fans expect that to be the starting yeah, five. Yeah, but but uh, that's, you, that's what the head coach would expect uh, okay, right now. Right. <laughs> but do you feel like you have more depth? I do. We are, deep, we are deeper, Chris. Hmm. We are deeper, and our, our roster's healthier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're better in the backcourt. Um, I'm really excited about Rodney Rice and MJ Collins. Now, I say that here in late July uh, with two young men that haven't made the first play of their college careers, but they're going to. Um, Padula's having a great summer. Couture's uh, Maddox. Um, you know, I feel good there. We don't have a true backup point guard, Rodney Rice. That was part of the recruiting uh, process with him. So he wanted to play um, – he wanted to play uh, point, some point, mm-hmm. uh, but he's such a good runner and uh, and and an offensive scorer. Um, that was kind of the what we what we came to is uh, you're going to play the point, you're also going to play off the ball. I think I've always thought you need two and a half. Yeah, you need two and a half point guards, um, and we have one and two halves in Couture yeah. and uh, and Rodney. And and I I'm convinced that uh, that that will be, you know, will be a okay. I'm excited to see the front line evolve. I do expect to start Mutz and Basili, um, but we're going to have a, a a very we're going to have a formidable backup at that uh, five spot with, um, with one of three guys, Malajal Potit, who who's been a very pleasant surprise. I mean, he's big as a house. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's strong. Um, much better feet than I anticipated. Lynn Kidd is having a very good year, uh, summer for us, playing very well in our practices. Uh, Patrick Wessler uh, is going to be a very good player around here at, uh, at some point. You know, and then, and then the, uh, uh, at the four spot with Darren Buchanan, a young man from Wilson High School in D.C., or John Camden, who will play some at the three, some at the four, just talk to him about it. You are who you can guard. Mm -hmm. And if you can guard a backcourt player, you'll play some in the backcourt and you give us the opportunity to switch a number of things. Um, But we're going to find, we're going to find a spot for him because he's got some length and can really shoot the ball. We kind of like those guys around here. It seems like the, I think it's going to be a more versatile team. There's more more positional versatility. Now, that's taking nothing away from those guys. Uh, Storm Murphy was exceptional. Keve Aluma, you know, when it's all said and done, you know, people ask me all the time, guys, who's the best players you've coached? Well, I've coached a bunch of them, <laughs> all right? I've coached a bunch. The most transformative players I've had in my career 
have been Noah Dahlman uh, at uh, at Wofford, and that first championship team in nine ten, and Kev Aluma, uh, who came with me from uh, from Wofford, sat out, worked his tail off, got better, and uh, you know ultimately uh, in year three we went to we went to he helps us win an ACC championship. Now let me jump in here. When you say transformative, do you mean they've transformed themselves they or transformed your program? Both, both, um, especially on Luma. And uh, the transformation from a defender rebounder to, you know, a first, Everything. second team, yeah. all ACC guy yeah. um, that, you know, he couldn't, he could shoot a lick when he uh, came here. We take very little credit for that. He worked at it and he put the time in and, um, you know, uh, his progress as a player certainly aided our progress as a basketball program here in three in three short years yeah uh really it's rare that a guy improves from the start of his career like all the way through like kevy does and just yeah. adds so much to his game i i think um just to I, I, chris um he was late to the game he was a soccer, soccer player, player. Yeah. um and i don't know that he really knew what working on it really meant but at some point during his college years, he fell in love with it. And I think, uh, you know, we you hear people say the lights came on. The lights came on for him, and he had the realization that I can be really, really good. And he embraced that and attacked that and, um, you know, just kept getting better and better and better. I didn't see it in his sit-out year, our first year here. Chester Frazier came to me and said he came from a Kansas State team that was really, really good. And Chester said he would have played as much as he wanted to play at at, uh, at Kansas State. Hmm. Um, and I kind of looked at him rather funny, like, uh, <laughs> and thought a lot about that. And um, you know, I finally saw what he meant uh, the next year when he when he. You know, had a great year for us. Yeah. Speaking of the light going on, Darius Maddox, the light went on for him at a certain point this past season. Yeah. Uh, was it just defense that he had to figure out? That was a big part of it. He couldn't guard anything. I knew he knew we knew how capable he was. Is um, he had some good things happen to him. Mm-hmm. You know, he had uh, he had a couple of good offensive games, which keeps him on the floor a little bit longer and he takes a stride defensively and um, he finds himself in better positions. He rebounded the ball. He's always been a good rebounder. Um, But uh, you know, some things coming together in a very positive way. Fellas, I can remember being at Chapel Hill um, and we lost down there 10 in a really a hard part of our our season. Yeah. Uh, we'd just come from Boston College where we played poorly and lost. And the North Carolina game on Monday is a COVID makeup game that we missed yeah, I remember that. on December 28th. All right. So, you know, here we go. And we are, lack of a better expression, we're taking on water. Um, <laughs> and I, I'm watching our team play in this game, and I've got no idea how we can score enough to beat anybody. Everything is going through Aluma and Mutz. Um, we're not shooting the ball very well at all. But 
you know, inch by inch, and you hang in there, and, um, you know, we start playing better basketball, and a Padula emerges, and Maddox comes on like gangbusters, and now we've got it. Not a minute too soon, and, um, you know, we can throw a number of guys at you that uh, that can ring the bell, and those guys really, they, they played great basketball. And I guess maybe Padula's coming out party, maybe uh, was uh, the Florida State game yes. when he hit five first-half threes, and then he hit his – Sixth one, his first shot in the second half. Um, so much about confidence, so much about having your shoulders back and the feeling that I belong on this floor. Um, you know, I'm awfully proud of those guys. They hung in. They they continue to hang in there. Well, we we talked to Storm about that when when he sat in this chair and and, and I flat asked him was was there a time period where you weren't sure if you could play in the ACC? And he said about halfway through the season he was. He was wondering. And do you remember the assistant coach he went to lunch with? Do you remember who it was? Not sure. I don't remember. I don't, but he just thinks he had a good conversation and things just turned for him and, and his confidence increased at the same I was, time. I think it was Kevin. I was probably, probably, yeah, because they would know each other from. Yeah. yeah. It was Giltner. Um, I'm telling you guys, every year's different. Every year's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's not all rainbows and ice cream. You know, it's going to be some tough moments. Um, Again, proud of how they hung in there. They kept showing up. They continue to practice well. Uh, when things are going bad in college athletics, if you got the wrong guys, that can that can roll completely off the off the rails. Um, we continue to practice well. You've heard me say it. I knew that at some point we were going to get it squared away. Uh, and it was going to be a beautiful thing. Thank goodness it, uh, it it did finally. Well, I woke up the morning of that Florida State game, which was a place Virginia Tech had not won since the 80s. 1992. Forever. Yeah, yeah. since we were in the Metro, right? So I'm like, well, Florida State's a good team. Virginia Tech's been struggling. I, it just doesn't seem like it's going to be our day. And then it was. And well, we, from there, like Florida State just dropped off a cliff, yeah. and you guys – Yep rose up and obviously yep. it's it's more than about one game it's about your team and, and like you said you continue to practice hard and everything like that but it's funny how sometimes it seems like there is a crossroads yeah. and it was like both florida state and virginia tech met their crossroads that day and <laughs> just went in opposite direction uh i can remember sitting in that hotel down there in tallahassee thinking you know we're two and seven mm-hmm. um 10 and 10 i believe 10 overall. and 10, 10 and overall 10. that's right you know it's late january uh, this is not good. <laughs> you know, all these expectations coming into the year, Aluma Mutz, all these guys, you know, I took a great deal. I was a heavy burden. I took a great deal of responsibility. Last time I checked, I'm the head coach. <laughs> I am responsible. Um, uh, and then you'll go over there in an afternoon game and we start throwing shots in left and right and we get out of there with a, with a win uh, and then, like you said, Chris, you know, we took off from there. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I think a lot of life lessons. We talked about them throughout the throughout the course uh, of it. And um, uh, again, proud of our our program. I'm proud of our staff. Proud of our our team. Uh, with what uh, ultimately, uh, you know, came from all that. Back to personnel. It's not every day that the program signs the DC Metro Player of the Year. Yeah. Tell us about. Darren Buchanan and what he brings to the table and, and what you expect. Playing hard is a skill. Yes. And that is a that is a real attribute of his. He's one of those guys, fellas, 
that when you talk to him, when you point something out to him, his eyes are big as half dollars. And they he hears everything you're saying. Uh, he wants to be a great player. He wants to learn. Um, uh, I'm careful not to put, um, I, you know, we're going to treat him like we treat every young person coming into our program. We're going to let him run his race. We're not going to put any undue pressure on him. I expect him to play this amount. We expect him to average this. He's going to be a really good player. Uh, not sure when that's going to be. Um, I love his work habits. I love his attention to detail. He's tough as a pine knot. Um, and, uh, and and is going to be a, a very good player around here for a long time. What, think, is it, what, is it, what is it that he needs to work on? Because I'm intrigued by him too. He doesn't shoot the ball very well. Um, his pull-up from 15 is is good. He's got good hands. He's got big, big, strong hands. Um, and I think... Uh, the uh, the 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 language and and uh, the terminology that uh, that that we use that's that's new to all of them now. Don't get me wrong; he's no different in that regard than than anyone else coming in as a uh, as a freshman. Uh, but just getting up to speed with uh, the speed of it, uh, the defensive uh, things that uh, that 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 will be new. The speed, you know, the strength. Everybody's strong. Uh, you can just bully some guys. <laughs> You know, in that league, he's not yeah. going to do that here. Um, but I love him, and uh, he's going to be a good one. It's funny you mention, uh, you know, playing hard as a skill. And there's a scout, basketball scout that I know, and I'm sure you know him too. He's always told me that there's an age-old argument among scouts. Is playing hard and toughness a skill or an intangible? And he always, on his scouting reports, lists it as a skill. And he lists it in this, uh, like its own category, just like shooting, handle, rebounding things like that and then toughness it's its own thing uh so it's interesting to hear you say that because i've always thought that was a good uh, good philosophy um because I, I i do think it's undervalued not 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 in our office i can tell you that <laughs> uh, it, without without toughness I, I i i just don't know that you can get there unless you're just a you know abnormal person with uh, in terms of your skill uh, but I think of coutures and mutts those guys I think of you know this will be my 21st year in coaching fellas I don't know a kid that I can point to that was a really good player for us that I didn't think was really tough right um, just I, it's, it's essential I think it's an essential part of a man's makeup uh, if he's going to make it, those guys, uh, J- uh, Jamon Gordon, Zabia Dowdell, they're yeah. the they're Tough the guys. they're the ones that made actually made me realize it how how important Tough it was guys. for basketball. Yeah, um, everybody wants to talk about the recruiting chops of Mike Jones in DC. I think everybody talked about that when you first hired him. But what does he bring to the table as a coach? Obviously, he's oh. very good. And how long are you going to be able to keep him? Because yeah, he, he's, he's surely I, he's know, surely taking the route to be a head coach. One yeah, and, and he will be. Um, uh, he, uh, you know, guys, he, he won a lot of basketball games. It, it may be the most prestigious um, and coveted high school job in the country at DeMatha, historically. Morgan Wooten and Adrian Dantley, and go back through all those. He coached Markel Fulls. He coached all these, uh, you know, guys that are now in the, uh, in the NBA. Here's what I can tell you about the recruiting piece of it. Um, 
the AEU culture in DC and the in the uh, you know Maryland, Northern Virginia, uh, DC region is very complicated. Uh, it's a web, <laughs> and um, he gets along with all of them. Are three big programs in DC: Team Mellow, Team Durant, and Team Takeover. And he's very good uh, friends with each of those directors: Keith Stevens, Takeover, uh, Wayne Pratt, uh, uh, with uh, Durant, and so on. Uh, that that tell you a lot about Mike Jones. He is a he's a wonderful man. Um, the coaching part, I thought, was uh, that's a piece of cake. I've seen him work. The math is one of the first places I went. And you're going to go to Oak Hill and you're going to go to Damatha. Um, and uh, I saw the command he had in that gym and the work that he did with uh, with those young people. Uh, that was He was the first person I contacted when Chester left. And that was a sad I, – I had, to this day, such a great relationship with uh, Chester Frazier, who I didn't know from Adam's house cat, and ultimately became – you know, a dear, dear friend, but, uh, boy, uh, has Mike, uh, you know, been great for us. Um, and a real, uh, a real, um, resource for me. I trust him, uh, with everything. Um, you know, what you want to have is, is a person with you that if something goes wrong, all right, uh, you know, like the flu COVID, um, (laughs) You know, you better have somebody over there that that's ready to step up and and uh, and and you know take the levers and and he is along with Christian and and uh, and Kevin. We've had great staffs in our three years. Uh, I think we keep everyone intact this year, and I I, I feel great about that. Yeah, um, I think uh, at a place like D.C., like you said, the AAU scene can be very complicated. Uh, when you came up from Wofford to Virginia Tech, you're walking in the door now at different AAU programs, maybe that you weren't quite as used to. How important was that to you when you put together your first staff that you felt like you need to maybe needed to be surrounded guys who had who had been at the Power Five yeah. level maybe and were used to that, used to diff, the different AAU that programs? That was rather daunting. Mm-hmm. I can remember like it was yesterday, fellas, sitting in that office, and I'm by myself. And I don't have anyone on staff. I've got four players, big office. It's midnight. I'm thinking, you know, what in the world have I got myself into? That's but true. the money's good. I, I hope. <laughs> I hope it's not a couple months, you know, and out of my out on my ear. Um, and uh, you know, I, I uh, you know, the old adage or the old line of thinking in this business is don't hire people you don't know. Well, I hired three I didn't know. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I, I luck might be my middle name, guys. Uh, I've had a bunch of luck. And um, Chester Frazier, um, Antoine Jackson, Christian Webster were fabulous. I had the opportunity to move Kevin Giltner up, who I brought with me, played for me. Um, a great trust uh, in uh, in him and his development as a uh, as a young coach, and then you know Chester Lee, Mike uh, Mike comes in. Uh, Ace Custis has been a mainstay. Matt Olinger, um, Stephanie Boleyn, uh, chief of staff, has been remarkable. Uh, I, I uh, thought about her. My cousin Robert 
uh, Lindenberg at RAF University, suggested it. She played at Virginia Tech. She loves Virginia Tech. Um, that was one of the best things I, uh, I've done uh, is bringing her on board. She's been she's been awesome. You know, great timing. The Charleston Classic field yeah. got set while you were on the yeah. podcast today. Start off with Old Dominion. Yeah. In-state rival. You know, there's, there's a piece other, of paper right there, Coach. There is under there. I, got, I know it. I know it. You know it. The, I, fellas, I, I, I looked at it. I, I, uh, it is I, I got it. Yeah. I got it right there. <laughs> uh, the, the matchup with Davidson and uh, College of Charleston really surprised me. Yeah, that um, is a little bit. Those, yeah. those are interesting matchups. But I played in that tournament in 2011 um, and came in third. It's a great tournament. What's a lot of great things. I, I, we all love Charleston, mm-hmm. um, but that 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 tournament's played Thursday, Friday, Saturday off, and then you know the the final day is uh, is Sunday. Um, I think they do a great job of organizing it. Uh, I've got a lot of friends down there. I love the uh, I love that arena. Um, I think it'll be a great you know test for us. Potential uh, matchup with Penn State. Uh, you know, when South Carolina is on the other side, as is Davidson. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Colorado State's NCAA tournament team last year, big great tournament. Look forward to getting there. I think Tech won the the. They did won it in twenty nineteen. Tech, uh, uh, Tech beat Purdue. Purdue. That was actually one of the better basketball games I've ever watched. That was a great yeah. one. I saw great some one. of that. I saw yeah, some of that because Purdue was an Elite Eight team that year. Tech was Sweet Sixteen. That's exactly it was a right. really high scoring game. That's exactly right. Yeah, high level basketball. They had game. the no, no. I was thinking they had the little guard. They had Carson great, Edwards. Was that Carson Edwards? Yeah, it was Carson Edwards. Um, yeah, sure was. So I got a question for you, Coach. I'm let ready. Me, let me fire my phone back up here. Uh, so l- let me let me read the whole thing. Ask him about his best Coach Bob Johnson story. <laughs> coach Johnson was a great man and a fantastic coach and mentor for a lot of folks. He's the only man that when he said he could kill you with a spoon, you believed him. <laughs> uh, Bob Johnson was like a dad to me. Um, I was a terrible player. Um, but I had the wonderful opportunity to play for him. And he gave me my first job, uh, making 5000 a year. And he gave me my start. Um, he was a mentor, role model. Uh, I've got so many. Not many of them are clean enough to share with you on uh, on air. Um, Not surprised. He was he was awesome. Um, he was a great coach, uh, but um, his way with people. Um, he was really really smart. He taught Western civilization. Uh, after you know ten or fifteen years, he was a West Point uh, person, and then I, I went to. Um, uh, uh, Massachusetts Institute of Technology or something like that. Rensselaer, maybe, uh, if I recall. Um, I was very, very close to him. Uh, loved him. Loved playing for him. Loved working for him. He was at that Virginia Tech game when we won here. Okay. My uh, first year as a head coach. I'll never forget seeing him up on his way uh, on his way out. Um, that was a terrible loss for a lot of us. We uh, we thought thought so much of Coach. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess we got time for one more. Go for um, it. ACC champions this past year. What do you have for an encore? Yeah, let's I was do it again, fellas. Come on. I mean, we had so much fun. Why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we strive to go back and do it again? That's right. Where, um, where's it at? Charlotte this year? It's in Greensboro. It's in Greensboro. It's in Greensboro. Okay. So I will tell you, living in uh, Charlottesville as a kid, UVA won that thing in 1976. 
unexpected with Wally Walker as their star player. Yeah. What a lot of people forget is that UVA went all the way to the championship game the next year, too, and, and lost a narrow game to North Carolina. So it can be done. You can come out of nowhere and, and be right there again. Well, we got a lot of work to do between now and then, and I know our league – I think this I think this league is going to be uh, back. Uh, I thought it was very good last year. I think it's going to be really hard this year. I think Matt, Miami's back in business. North Carolina, certainly Duke. Um, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a great year. Uh, I'm excited about our team. I think I think we've got another I think we've got another really good team. I look forward to getting started. Yeah. So uh, one other one we can get from the message boards is: What are your thoughts on the impending uh, Castle Coliseum renovations? I'm looking forward to it. Uh, there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes. The, the renderings are exciting. Um, you know, I, I never in a I never don't even want to think about uh, leaving. It's it's in too good a spot, guys. There's yeah. too much history in there. Mm-hmm. I love coaching in that building. I do, uh, but uh, we need a, we need a renovation. We're all aware of that. Um, I hope that we don't have to play a year outside of Castle Coliseum. I don't know where we would do that. Uh, those are not problems that they're asking my opinion on. <laughs> Um, but, uh, when that does happen, when that money is in place, um, there's going to be exciting times for us and a real shot in the arm in a number of other areas in terms of uh, recruiting and so on. That'll be, that'll be fun. I think that's George. What happened to Georgia Tech when they redid theirs? They had to play for a year and I guess the Hawks they played a year, well, they played NBA a year in Phillips Arena, Arena downtown, yeah. or maybe right. it's the old Omni. I forget, uh, I forget exactly. I think it was Phillips, but I wouldn't swear. To yeah. You. Yeah. And I, when I originally asked with the question, he said he was hopeful that they could get it done without having to play somewhere else. Yeah. Which hey. I assume that somewhere else would be Roanoke. Yeah, I would and Mr. Babcock, we trust. We'll get it right, and it'll be uh, it'll be a welcome addition when it does get here. So, how much do recruits care about the arena because they play on the floor? You know, how much do they care if it's ten thousand seats or twenty thousand seats, and what it looks like from the outside, and whether or not it has luxury boxes and things <laughs> you know, like? Well, that's an interesting question. Uh, I don't think it. I don't think it matters to them as much as playing time. You know, the ACC is a big deal. Let's be honest. Um, playing time and uh, NIL opportunities and, and the other things that, uh, that that kids are presented with. But, you know, they're also young people and the bells and whistles and the bright lights and doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. All right. Appreciate the hour, Coach. Thanks, guys. Good finally having you on. Yeah, and I uh, hope to have you on again uh, sometime. Look forward to it. Appreciate both of you. Thanks for what you do for all of us. So, again, this is Tech Sideline Podcast 245 featuring Mike Young, a guy you may have heard of, sponsored by CommonwealthNIL.com. And uh, we'll see you again on the next Tech Sideline Podcast.